Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch Live. Rick Dyer here, aka Captain Brunch, being joined as always by co host Destin Soglow Frazier. Tables, ladders, chairs, and fire! And fire, yeah, absolutely. Uh, where to even begin? I guess we'll do the introductions. Well, this is episode 427, and this is going to be serving as a WWE TLC 2020 post show. We're going to go over all of the results of everything that's been happening. Um, that. Hope you all enjoyed the show. Thank you for hanging out with us on this entire wonderful night. That being said, shout out to everyone who's hung out with us throughout the evening in the chat room, including our friends Bloodluster and King Quest, Devil's SOB, EB Gamer, FTL, Stacey Streams, Cooler, Miss Lee Moody. Also, global listeners across podcast apps, iTunes, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Podcast Addict, Google Podcasts, as well as our live viewers over at the live video feeds of TalkBrunch.com, Facebook, and Twitch, and all other places you can find popular podcasts. Well, there was a lot of violence and stuff tonight, huh? You definitely tell your kids not to try this at home. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that end part if they're safe about it, but no, I'm kidding. Uh, wow. So, were you entertained? Some cases, yeah. Others, damn you, Pritchard. Aw, you've been you've been really name dropping him a lot lately, huh? I fucking can't stand him. <laughs> Yeesh. Ugh. The moment you found out who it was, it's like all crosshairs were on him. <laughs> it's like you, you're the one. It is your fault that this is happening. That's all I was looking for was a name. <laughs> is there anything that could save our beloved wrestling? No. So total side, you know, saw that. You know, I I couldn't even think of anything. I I, I drew blank. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but overall, I can't say I dislike the show entirely. You know. Yeah, it it wasn't a hundred percent bad show. No, not at all. We had a we had a lot of wrestling this evening, which we're obviously we're going to get into some of that tomorrow. But uh, it's always weird when you go to the other companies and you come back and you ground yourself back in the good old WWE. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's get right into this stuff. Uh. So you had your kickoff crap. Which I believe was announced today. It, it must have been announced just before it came on because I, I was watching the uh, I was watching the roster and I didn't see it anywhere. That was <laughs> like what? <laughs> That's the shortest term I've ever seen for a kickoff show get planned ever. Yeah, me too. Really weird stuff. You know? Yeah. But yeah, it goes to show that they're doing more hotshot booking. That's another thing. You know, this felt like a pay-per-view where... There was possibilities to do things, but it just didn't work out, you know, where it was like, there's hopes, there's dreams, things might go the way that we want them to, but probably not, you know? A lot of cases of could have been done so much better if you just didn't do this thing nobody asked for. Yeah, pretty much. All right, well, Let's get into some matches here. Our first match was, believe it or not, the, the well, actually, we got to do the kickoff, right? Do you want to talk a little bit about the kickoff? I'm sorry, kickoff stuff. Uh, <sighs> yeah. The, you know why I want to talk about it, actually? Because of The Miz, okay? Because The Miz, well, I'm not going to spoil anything, but The Miz, yeah. part of the focal point of the kickoff was The Miz discussing his money in the bank cash-in. 
I might have already spoiled something, but uh, I didn't really pay much attention to it at the time because I didn't think it would be relevant. So I've kind of spoiled you already, but you should have watched the damn thing if you're already watching us. <laughs> Who said, why haven't you cashed in yet? Why haven't you cashed in? Because Drew McIntyre is very, very hard to pin. He's also big, but uh, the agree. bigger they I come, agree. the harder they fall. That goes for AJ Styles, same Drew. thing. He's been had a perfect record since rejoining Raw. AJ Styles is a person to be reckoned with. If you remember, I was one of the first matches that AJ had in WWE, and I felt the wrath that AJ Styles can give to someone. So I know exactly what kind of talent he is. I know exactly what kind of talent Drew McIntyre is, and I know the talent that they are going to display tonight is tables, ladders, and chairs. You know, you all know, that pain, you know, all that torment. I want to see it from each and every one of them. You want to cash in. The, the, the cash in the money in the bank, you know, a, a window got to be cracked. You know, the back door got to be open. And, and right now, it don't seem like you're too confident on cashing oh, no. in tonight. Oh, tonight, oh, God. 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 I'm just saying, I'm just saying, man. I need it tonight than ever. Ever said <laughs> that the Miz doesn't have confidence. This face right here Look at that. breathes confidence. If anything, I he's overconfident. I'm all WWE, and I plan on cashing this at the right opportune time. You heard it here, folks. Could it be tonight? Yes. Mm. Could it be tomorrow? Yes. Yeah. Could it be a couple months down the line? Yes. Oh, but the fact right. of the matter is, Wait, when yeah. I okay. win this, yeah. Yeah. when I cash this in, I will win the WWE Championship, and that is a guarantee Correct. Correct. I wonder if they told him the outcome before he had to do that promo. I fucking doubt it. But then again, with this Miz, he pretends. So, but there's been so much focus on uh, doing the stuff with the Miz. You know what I mean? There's been so much focus on uh, the Miz and what's going to happen and what's that going to be like that it's almost shocking to me that uh, you know they just kind of they keep teasing us with it. You know. It would have been shocking for me if this was the Miz I took seriously. Like, I all I see is just Maurice and Taya's husbands right now. You know? Yeah, and a lot more of that stuff really should be on the uh, on the main program, you know? Yeah. But, uh, no, for whatever reason, it isn't. All right, well, now we get to our match. We had the... This was a made-up kickoff match of... What was it? Otis? Was it a handicap match again? It was a four... No, it was a four-on-four. Four. Oh, it was a four-on-four. Four. Yeah. Because who was it? So it was Otis, Big E. Uh, Gable G- and Daniel Bryan. And Daniel Bryan against Cesaro, Nakamura. Uh, Sam, uh, was, it wasn't Sami Zayn, it right? Was, it, was, it was the Miz? No, Sami Zayn and Corbin. Oh, Sami Zayn and Corbin. Right, yeah. right. Because it makes perfect sense to have your Intercontinental Champion and not even defend the title on the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of silly. With the, with the finish being uh, a big ending on Sami Zayn because he's always the guy that they decided they're going to job out here. Because, and spoiler, main, it goes a little bit more in the main show. Now, uh, that title match that would have made perfect sense to have it on the main show happened on SmackDown. They used the pay-per-view to build to the other show. Yeah, they don't know where they're trying to build anymore, man. What can I say about that? I, I don't even know if they're building. Yeah, just kind of hmm, all, all meh, meh stuff, you know? <laughs> but uh, in regards to the eight-man tag match, like, what do you think of it overall? It was kind of all over the place. Like Brady. this, no, sorry, let me interrupt you there. I was trying to kill the audience. The there. match was so quickly thrown together, I almost didn't even have time to almost get excited about it. I was like, okay, well, I guess this is happening, but uh, it's it was weird because it just like 
you could you did all this what just to set up a one-on-one match for smackdown like the weird part to me is just the fact that it's not that hard to set up a match like this ahead of time you know especially if it's your it's job not. that you get paid for you know i hate to be like picky they, about this... it like none, no disrespect to any of the people that everybody worked their asses off uh yeah. you know but at the same time it's like something like that you would expect it to have some level of build and it just didn't you know when you have good performers like that in there why not do something relevant with it i'd right, love like, for someone to explain that one to me like i mean for god you could have biggie leading one team sammy leading the other freaking nakamura's pissed that somebody decided to job him out in three minutes on smackdown something like that jesus christ like because these are the regulars on smackdown that's my big issue with this you yeah know? this aren't like some random guys fresh off main event like yeah, like these guys all should have stuff going on, and it's like literally, they just throw that together, and uh, it just leads to nothing. It makes them feel like a bunch of fillers. Unbelievable. Any other thoughts on this? Eh, it happened. I mean, hey, Biggie's getting the title shot. Yeah, Biggie with the good old title shot. Good for him if anything comes of it. Yeah. All right. So after this, we officially go into the pay per view. I'm also going to share that in the chat for anybody that wanted to see the stuff that was going on during that match. There you go. There's your kickoff link right there. Also, for those of you following us on social media, I am putting it on the Twitter right there. I don't know if they're going to want the other one, the Miz one, right? Probably the end of it will be like, why do you even bother to share that? But I'm going to share it anyway. There you go. The Miz talking about his opportunity for the money in the bank to be continued. I wish I had that to be continued drop. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. No, no, no. I wasn't even the one that I was thinking of. Oh. Oh, I know the one. <laughs> we oh, need, God. We need that for the Miz problem. Holy shit. Yo, that would be such a memeable moment. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. All right. Anyway, so the pay-per-view officially begins. You start off with a curtain jerking match. Guess who's curtain jerking? The WWE champion himself, Drew McIntyre, defending against AJ Styles being accompanied by my boy, almost. Almost too tall to make it through that damn curtain. Best part of this whole match, freaking almost. So the whole... (laughs) The whole first act of this match, the whole I'm first. I'm sorry to laugh so early, but it's just like, oh my god! The whole first act of this match was AJ selling big man bumps for Drew. So you have Drew's first ladder climb, which is basically thwarted by a back of the left knee chair shot via AJ Styles, and this is which, what should have. Interestingly enough, mm-hmm. at the very start of the match, the first thing he does is drop kick him in the knee. Yeah. So this should have turned the tides. This should have turned the tides. AJ sets up a chair in the corner. And uh, this guy who just got his leg injured, the time Destin mentioned, the time I mentioned, now somehow uses a catapult to launch AJ into the chair that he set up. So, uh, okay, AJ did all this work to your leg and you're you're up first and you're ready to catapult him. I guess I'm going to buy that. This leads to Drew ladder climb number two, which uh, this time AJ just blatantly throws the chair at his body. You don't even see AJ. You just see a flying chair hit him. And, uh, and then AJ winds up bumping Drew with a ladder, a bunch, dropping it on him and stuff. That should also turn the tides. But no. He recovers first again. Future shock DDT. Boom. His old finisher right on the ladder. So I guess apparently working the leg, chair, all this other shit that I'm seeing. For some reason, the guy who's getting worked gets up first here. So, uh, 
This time, Drew learns from the two ladder attempts, and instead of going immediately for a third, he essentially power slams the ladder onto AJ. But get this. This big instant replayable bump that they ran on the screen somehow is ineffective because this time AJ is the one bumping, and he immediately recovers. Goes for a top block. Because I'm guessing (laughs) AJ didn't move far enough out of the way. Yeah, so he goes for a chop block and he puts Max's left leg in the calf crusher in the ladder. So somehow, even though he did, he he was supposed to get hit. AJ was supposed to get hit by the ladder. So that's the point. There's no selling here. He, he fucking bumped. He bumps, but he's still the one that recovers first. Like quick I saw to, to apply AJ up. roll, so I'm like, okay, was he supposed to move? I don't I, even know. I'm anymore. pretty sure he was. They wouldn't have done that that crazy and reckless. So he goes for the chop block. He has Max's left leg in the calf crusher in the ladder. Um, the theme that the the theme here, guys, is that uh, people are selling. And recovering at unusual points in the match. I'm not going to complain too much about it because there's plenty more to complain about. But AJ bumps Drew with a steel chair. Like I said, the calf crusher in the steel chair. uh, Where he sent into the ladder for a break. But yet again, somehow AJ is the first one to recover. And Max the one who has to fight the ladder off of him. You know, think about it. He's in the calf crusher in the steel chair. And to break out of it, when he breaks out, he he sends AJ into the ladder. But... AJ gets up and gets the ladder first, and Drew's trying to get it from him. Shouldn't <laughs> Drew have the ladder? He's the one who has to fight AJ off there. Um, and then even though he succeeds at that, getting the ladder from AJ, he somehow winds up wrapped around fucking ring pulse with AJ bumping his left leg some more. Even though each time he's the one who counters. Um, so, I'm, so I don't know. Like I said, yet the next spot after that is AJ rushing at him with the ladder and Drew standing for it. So you worked his leg, right? You fucked him up on the ladder. You dropped him off the ladder. The emphasis on the ground was the ladder. Even though, despite the recovery here, you're now working his leg in the corner. They're doing the old ring post gimmick where he's against the corner. He's slamming his leg there. If the last thing that, that happened to Drew was he got his, re- his leg slammed into the ring post, then the next thing I shouldn't see is Drew standing straight up on the ring side while AJ's running at him with a ladder. Look, I get it. I watch Lucha Libre every now and then. You're, do- you're standing there for the sake of the spot. you know. But at the same time, I just watched you work his left leg that he's favoring, which is the reason why he can't climb up there. Therefore, he shouldn't be able to roll out, stand straight up at least, limp a little. Be a little crouch, something. But up, stand straight up. Takes a fucking ladder bump. Whatever. So my suspension of disbelief in this uh, scripted sport is already completely falling apart as I'm watching this thing. Uh, what else? Uh, AJ gets gets to the ring. He's going for the phenomenal form to the outside, but Drew counters by throwing a chair at him, making him fall down. But somehow this leads to AJ being okay enough to set up a table and get hit with the belly-to-back suplex into the ladder. But he's then again okay enough to then hit a forearm and then follow it up with the phenomenal form. Like the recovery rate, I don't know what's going on. I'm, am I losing my mind when I'm watching? Am I watching the right shit? Somebody in the back was like, okay, this is what we're going to do after every spot. Somebody's popping a Phoenix down. That's what it felt like. But it always felt like. Because the- literally, whoever booked this match, this had to be what they were thinking. Yeah, there was like a lot of auto here. I've here. watched both these fuckers actually sell what was going on. <sighs> I've seen them both sell in normal matches more than anybody sold in this actual ladder match. Yeah. AJ takes a risky bump where Drew, Drew throws him like out of the ring through a ladder. As a matter of fact, probably odds are that's probably somewhere on here. Give me a minute. Yeah, I think it was, uh, yeah, it was a gorilla press through a table, which I've noticed every time AJ takes that bump. You notice he goes ass first every time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like after that one time he got put through an announcer table in TNA, it was like, nope, go through cheeks first all the time now. Let's get this on the screen here. So. Again, this is what we talked about. A possible interference. Oh, that, that's not interference. He's simply helping his man. It's perfectly legal, Byron. 
There's no disqualifications again. No countouts. No pinfalls. No submissions. First man to climb That's the ladder and retrieve the Setting up the ladder there for those of you on the podcast the version. AJ Styles could be moments away from doing such. Styles has got McIntyre down. It could be a clear path to his third WWE title. Here we go. And Styles inching closer. Styles climbing, trying to reach, trying to reach for the championship. Oh. McIntyre's back up. McIntyre's back up. McIntyre desperately oh. trying to hold off AJ Styles. Oh, and he's eating boots for his trouble. But wait, 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 wait. Uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. 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 Oh, my God. McIntyre. No. Where, where, where's he going? McIntyre. Oh, he still took a safety. Oh, goodness. Yeah, he still he took a safety. <laughs> Credit to AJ's body control. Yeah, so that's a pretty brutal bump there that this guy took. I give him credit for that, though. Yeah. So, uh, basically, after this, we go to Drew ladder climb number three. But this is where the antics begin because Miz grabs Drew, power bombs him off of the ladder into the table. Uh, but then when we think Miz is going to win it, almost takes Miz and he puts him through a table. And like I yeah, said in the, the chat room, cashes in for Miz. So. And that, like I said in the chat room, Miz almost had it. Where is it? <laughs> Where the fuck is it? <laughs> Money went a long way for a joke, don't you think? Miz, I've been waiting since that fucking moment in the chat room. <laughs> Miz almost had it. <laughs> First of all. When I saw it happen, I just remember how underwhelming it was versus when he cashed in years ago. And it's not even like the no fans. It was just like, oh, there's Miz. <laughs> so if, if you guys didn't figure it out already, the finish is Drew retains and Miz loses his money in the bank. Miz is now up so, there with people who have lost their money in the bank. And interesting thing about it is of the last four money in the bank ladder match winners, Three of them have lost. Here's the irony. The three that have lost, the only three that actually wrestled in the match because the one who won is fucking Brock. <laughs> what? Yeah. See, I don't like, know what, what to say, guys. And, and we're going to get into it later on tonight as well. This is why if something's working, don't touch it. Because we went through all that shit with Otis. Otis lost his briefcase just for Miz to not cash in. It does hurt when you think about it, right? Like, it's once again why... I don't trust them when they try shit like this because it's like every they're time, terrified to give they're, they're terrified to give Miz anything. They're just terrified to try something that doesn't involve their little click of guys they want to go with. Otis winning, Otis having that money in the bank briefcase and cash in would have been perfectly fine. Didn't they take it off him? It was working. He was funny. But no, we had that pretend like everybody's supposed to give a shit about this Miz. I don't give a shit about Mike and John. All right. <laughs> Should have never had the briefcase in the first fucking place. But no, we got to strip over for this briefcase and his tag partner. Okay. Yeah, they completely devalued the uh, WWE freaking, the entire credibility of everything that's going on here with the briefcase and the money in the bank, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like Willie, I think it might have been Willie or EB in the chat room. So it's kind of like, I don't even give a shit about money in the bank, actually. Because it, it might lead to nothing. It became like the Royal yeah, Rumble. Like, Remember when the Royal Rumble was a guaranteed shot at WrestleMania, but then... Sometimes they, a guaranteed championship win? Yeah, and it was kind of like the whole reason, which is, it's weird how you can forget basic logic when it's your company and your money and you feel you're involved in it anyway, but the whole reason why the Royal Rumble was the road to WrestleMania was because it was the next pay-per-view. 
And some basic formula like that that worked perfectly because it gave them a chance to build a four-month program, basically a seasonal program if you're going from January to the beginning of April. And instead, what did they do? They put elimination chamber there. That's never made any sense to me. Because like now... And Final Flash! Thank you for liking the stream. I didn't see who... Oh, Jimmy, Jimmy Faraday. Thank you for liking the stream, sir. You know, and to me, that ruins everything because I know it's changed. Is, is Elimination Chamber still after Mania now? So it used to just be No Way Out. And the only reason I was okay with No Way Out was with the Rumble, you're guaranteed you're getting that spot. It's no guarantee who you're facing, but you're guaranteed to get that world title shot. But now, yeah, it's, the, it's actually two pay-per-views in between there now. So that's crazy because whoever goes to WrestleMania, even if they're, they're not on, their shot's not on the line, whoever they face might lose it within two more pay-per-views. Final Flash! And if they're going to lose it within the next two, thank you for the like, Joseph Valencia. And if they're going to lose it within the the next two pay-per-views, then it's hard for you to build and have the card and have the poster of this upcoming match that you're trying to build to because what if the other guy loses it? And it's like, oh, well, we thought it was going to be this guy, but then it's this guy. And there's been times that that served us because they had shitty booking and then in the end they were able to fix us. But at the same time, there's only two routes now. Like you, you no longer have the build for the rumble or, uh, it changes and, and there's no momentum, you know, or it's boring because you know the person, there's no way they're going to have the, whoever the said person is losing. You know, that's sort of what's happening when it comes to, to, uh, money in the bank where it's just becoming something where so much stuff can happen between it, kind of like between the rumble and mania where why even care? It doesn't mean anything. It could. Who knows what could happen between here and then? There's a hundred. When, when you ways think about it, the it. women's case, when you think about it, the women's case was virtually non-existent this year. You know, you could wrestle someone for it and they take it from you. They can cash it in and put themselves into a match and lose it. They can cash it in after a match and still lose it. You know, apparently it can be stolen and used in some cases. It doesn't even seem like there's any like firm set of rules for this. It used to be exciting just because you never knew what was going to happen. Now it's just nerve-wracking because you're just scared they're going to blow it. It's kind of funny. I almost make the comparison, but look at a company like um with Lucha Underground. I think I probably mentioned it before. They had their uh belt, the Gift of the Gods. It worked kind of like Money in the Bank, but at least being that it was a championship, it made sense. It could possibly change hands between then and then. This is a briefcase you win in a ladder match. Once you win it, that's it. No match for the briefcase. If you didn't win the ladder match, eat a dick till next year. Like why? Did Otis need to lose the briefcase if the if the briefcase winner wasn't even going to win this year? It seems to me like the objective became for them to find a way to have a Money in the Bank pay-per-view so that they would have content during a pandemic. And then once it was over, it just became, how can we get rid of the briefcase? And that's what they did. They made everything that happened not mean anything. There's no reason, like they literally negated any reason to go back. Not only would I not want to go back and watch any wrestling in 2020 because the product looks shitty, because there's no crowd and everything's messed up and people are mentally disheveled and everything. But now there's the fact that even the product that they presented actually led nowhere. Why would I go watch that last Money in the Bank that Otis won? It literally, if we erase everything that happened regarding a lot of these characters from the time of the beginning of the coup up to now, it's almost not canological. It was all side stories. It was all filler because everybody's sort of where they were. Roman's back to being champion. All that shit didn't happen when you really look at it. Everything, they're literally putting everybody back where they were before the last WrestleMania. The entire card. We're even hearing that Edge is going to face fucking Orton, right? 
Like they they just did a redo. They didn't like the way it came out last time. They just did a redo. Everything that happened, and that's the reason why this product sucks. It's not so much. It's somewhat deliberate. They don't want to do too much when there's not a live crowd. They want to do enough to be able to be a product on television, but not too much that they would miss a pop. So they're trying to keep everything sort of stagnant. What they're doing for anybody who watches anime, and I don't know why we didn't pick up on this sooner. It's the equivocal. It's the literal equivocal of what happens when anime catches up to the manga counterpart. For anyone who doesn't know, you know, anime works a lot like comics in the sense that, which most of you probably do if you're listening to us. But, you know, the manga comes out first and then they, they turn it into the animation. So they usually let some time go by. Kind of like with George R. R. Martin. So they don't, they don't get Game of Thrones where they catch up with the actual shit and then they don't know what to do. Difference being, well, actually, there's no difference. That's exactly what happened with Game of Thrones. After they ran out of content, they went on to make shit up and it was terrible. That's happened to a lot of animes. So what the strategy becomes in Japan is when you have a manga, to, an anime that catches up to a manga, they'll do fillers. And in those fillers, they'll just make shit up. But they'll be very, very careful in most cases to just keep things enough intact that when the writer's ready to move forward, they didn't do anything dumb. Nobody's dead. Nobody's freaking turned out to be anybody's long lost anything. You know, nobody's missing a limb or gained the power. That's essentially what they do. And then once there's enough of a gap, they'll be like, all right, let's continue writing. That's sort of what this feels like. It feels like wrestling went through a filler stage where they're just trying to keep everything as stable as they can. Or if they're going to change something, they're changing it in a way where they can change it right back when things go back to normal. What do you think? Well, if that's the case, this is some shit filler. This is like Black Star Dragon Ball filler. But, um, <laughs> yeah, here's the problem with that versus an anime. They are basically, like you said, trying to keep things stable so that they can have a pop. At the rate they're going, the pop ain't going to be there by the time it's just stable again. Because even though it's not live fans there, they have to kind of be mindful of the people who are at home dealing with this shit. Because eventually, when things are actually somewhat back to normal, those people at home were probably going to want to go out and actually watch some wrestling in person. And if they sit there and tell me, hey, the Money in the Bank briefcase, that thing Chris Jericho invented, like almost a decade ago, means nothing now, they're going to be looking at other places. No, they're not, man. People are going to be so happy to just be able to go to an event that they're not going to give a shit. That's the whole thing that they're banking on. I could be wrong. They could be wrong. But I'm sure that that's what their logic must be. They just, they're waiting. They're delaying as much good shit as possible until live events are back. Because they, think about it. We should look at what was happening last year around this time. Because I'm sure we're going to find some profounding similarities. And that's because we're pretty much we've come full circle. Nothing that happened mattered at all. Drew will get his WrestleMania moment and they're hoping it'll be in April. Whether or not it'll be is yet to be determined. But they're shooting for April, that's for sure. But uh, Miz, Miz seems to be getting more and more downgraded as time goes by. They needed to leave him babyface the way that he was. But no, they had to get, hey, hey, ho, ho, Miz and Morrison. You know what's funny, man? Miz and Morrison are more entertaining on the freaking Miz and Mrs. show than they are on the actual product that's being written for them. It's another indication of what I've always known, that at the end of the day, WWE doesn't know how to write for shit. Which is why, when this shit's over, people are going to want to go to these places. I mean, yeah, there's going to be wrestling out there. I would rather not suffer through this shit. But was it all bad to like, you? It's already, it's already, I mean, it's not all bad, but it's like there's been enough where it's like, I've seen the places where, they, where we've seen a lot of the cases where they've just deliberately not even tried. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, like, like who, who, who out there was supposed to like that? Like, Who out there was supposed to be like, oh, yeah, Otis is finally getting his moment. 
and then his tag team partner disappears, and that goes nowhere. You take his girlfriend away. That's from how him, little I was gonna bring that up. That's how little they gave a like, shit about Tucker, bro. That there wasn't even for look a few. Tucker just disappeared. It was just it was just so that we didn't have to see his ass anymore. <laughs> and it went nowhere because two weeks later, nobody was talking about it. Like if you're gonna do shit, let it go somewhere. When I see somebody turn, I want to see the fuckers fight like for about a solid month. They haven't had a single match together. They never mentioned them. That was it. They wanted to get rid of Tucker and the money in the bank. Christ in heaven, have a loser leaves town match. Something. Do something. They did nothing. <laughs> and I think it's the lack of effort in that that aggravates more than anything. Like, if you're going to do something shitty, at least you try something. Are you not Do something where like, he backs over him with a car or something like that. Just like, Are you not entertained? Nah. <laughs> I knew uh, that's what you were setting up to. I was like, nope, going for it. <laughs> so the one thing I'll I'll say about this before we go back to complaining, because I know I'll forget otherwise, is at the end at least, it's a shame that it ended with it just being Drew, and I get it. I'm not gonna criticize them just for not having the ending I want, but I'm just saying that if it was anyone else, all of the storylines that they had been building up to this point would have paid off. Every single story would have been for something as opposed to for nothing but the ending sequence where you had like what was it it was it was it was a few ladder battles like it was aj and drew on a ladder battle and then the miz sets up a ladder next to them and he climbs up and he's battling aj winds up losing his battle with mac and falling then uh mac winds up fighting off miz but by the time he's done doing that aj does one of his infamous leaps back up to the ladder towards the middle rung and now he's back to battling mcintyre who winds up knocking him down he winds up knocking McIntyre down, and, and then it becomes Miz and AJ. So when McIntyre recovers, he pushes a second ladder into the ladder that Miz and AJ are battling on top of, causing them to fall down. Miz completely and, um, AJ cleared the ropes. Yeah, and went straight over. Everything but the finish was cool. Drew keeping it for me personally fucks it all up. I know there's Drew fans there, and it's not because I don't like him as champion it's because it just felt like this all like we've been watching these storylines about the money in the bank briefcase and the miz and morrison and aj styles almost more than anything to do with drew mcintyre and his whole thing and you would just think that one of those things would have paid off whether it be the miz and morrison or the money in the bank or you know you would just think that something or aj styles being in the feud or I just felt like something at some point would have led somewhere different than where we were last year, and it didn't happen. No, because they want to redo WrestleMania, and you can't redo WrestleMania with AJ Champion. I just feel like any finish would have been better, and I feel like this also should have gone on last because it's the shitty feeling that I'm used to going on the air with, where it's like, well, that was disappointing. I'd rather get this horse out of the way so I come on here in a good mood. I guess. See, I'm the polar opposite. I'm just like... (laughs) Yeah, well, like I said, for me, for me personally... um, there is a level of frustration there, you know, where it's like, I just oh, wanted, yeah. I thought something, I thought, I don't know what I was expecting. I don't know. I guess the ending just made me feel like they were going, they were going to take a risk. It wasn't so much about who was going to win. It just felt like once things started going a little bit unorthodox and they weren't following a formula for like, all right, they're going to do something different here. What's this going to be? How's this going to turn out? You know, and I, you know what, man, maybe we need less ladder matches. How about we take a break from ladder matches? Is it just me? But I feel like lately 
every time we have a ladder match, the hype for the ladder match is better than the match. It's always like, oh, think of the possibilities. Think of the things. What will happen? How will it be? And for some reason, it's always lame to me. And I'm talking the finish specifically. It's like they almost can't find a clever way because it's a big ladder on the top of a thing you got to climb. They can't really find a cool way for it to happen. You know, like each time it happens, doesn't it feel anticlimactic? Like they go up there finally, no matter what happens down at the bottom, the inevitability of somebody climbing up there and getting it. And when it's their turn to get it, it's really obvious too. there's almost no way for any of the other attempts at this point to look possible to be the one that they're going to get it, except the one that they actually get it. It makes the match literally look like they're all doing spots and stuff. And when and when they're about to win it, they may as well just have Michael Cole going, "Okay, it's time for the traditional climbing to the top of the ladder. The the traditional holiday season's greeting, climb to the top. He's going up, and this is where he grabs the briefcase. Because that's what it feels like. Doesn't it feel more like a tradition? I feel like I'm watching like when a fucking child puts the star on the top of a tree. Like you know, you can tell by the camera angle and by everything. You can tell when it's time for the person to now go up there and fulfill the annual tradition of getting the fucking thing." So it doesn't even feel organic when it happens. So you know? I noticed something tonight in both ladder matches, which, spoiler, the second one was way better. Yes. Uh, I noticed something in both ladder matches. And it's a spoiler to me that I'd never noticed before. But when I noticed it, it made me sad. What's that? So I don't know how many times this happened in the, the first ladder match, but I know it happened at least one time in the second one. Have you ever noticed sometimes, because see, the way these belts are now, it's just a Velcro strap. I've seen, and I don't know if you caught it. it. I was either AJ or Drew, might have even been Miz, but they grabbed like the end of the strap of the belt, and it's like literally all you gotta do is just yank, and that bad boy's coming to lose. But it's like when somebody gets over there, they reposition their hands. Yeah, well, I noticed that. That's probably because TNA. What happened over at TNA I... scared the shit out of them. Remember that time the belt just fell on the floor and they had to fumble around the ground for it, like if it was a football, because they couldn't think of anything else to do. You know, so it's like, but like I said, this whole thing, just being up there and, and, and like the way that it's pulled down, uh, it just doesn't work. I will say this without jumping too far ahead. You're right. The second ladder match was infinitely better. And Kevin Owens is probably the only person on their entire roster, on any roster in the world, that when he was going for that fucking thing, it felt like he was desperately trying to grab it. Like, it felt like if I could just get it for a fucking second, I'll yank it with all my strength. Like, it genuinely, I was I almost was worried he was going to pull it down legit because he climbed, you had, like, fucking Reigns had to drag him off of the rungs to get And you know what it also was? <laughs> you know what it also was, too? The thing we complained about in this match. Owens looked like he had been through about six car wrecks crime up that ladder it looked like at one point when he got his hands on the belt he was like i got enough to rip this bitch down that's all i got it legit felt like you you couldn't tell it could just pull at any moment he might get it he might get oh shit that was close but he's the only one most of the time with these ladder matches it sucks dick man it's literally all right everybody else is on the floor it's time for the traditional climb to the top you guys got the hard camera zoomed up there zoom it really close to where his arm is here don't comes the tradition you don't want to miss this mo- they should they may as well just fucking have dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like, you can only tell by the pace they're climbing. Like, they yeah, exactly. I hate it. did not I, look that hurt, but I they were climbing specifically slow enough to set up the other spot. I absolutely hate that shit. Whereas, like, you look at Owens, Owens is climbing slow because Owens is fucked up. Yo, like, why does their ladder matches, why do after their ladder matches, does the ring always feel like a 
a children's living room after all the presents have been open. You know, like, ah, shit everywhere. Time to throw all this shit out. You know, like, I'm just so disappointed, man. I don't know what it was specifically about this one that, that did that. Maybe the potential that I saw of just different things where it was like, I don't even care where you guys go. Just go wild. Go somewhere. And that's why I have you know trouble. And I, and I hate to make this about another brand, but this is why sometimes, even though I don't agree with them, this is why I don't disagree 100% with AEW. Because sometimes, man... When things get stale, maybe you do just need somebody to be like, fuck it, let's just try something. Try it, try right, it. Let's, let's see what happens. crazy shit. You know, let's just try and like, see. Like if it doesn't example. work, we don't do it next week, but at least it won't be what happened last prime week. Figure, prime figure example. Loser Brothers and the Young Bucks, they said, okay, we could do this like every other other ladder match, or we could try to kill each other. You know, you ever seen FLCL, the anime Fully Cooly? Fuck it, let's Fully Cooly it. Let's just, let's just go <laughs> we're going to go nuts. That's what it is. That's what AEW <laughs> is. They're the, they're the Fully Cooly of wrestling. You know, we're just going to, this going to be nuts. You're going to like it, but it's going to be nuts. So maybe we need maybe we need a little fucking fully coolie here instead of the same dry shit of a guy going up the ladder the way these guys do, man. Because I mean, and also the thing about this, we'll get into with the second ladder match. This one didn't have that tables, ladders, and chairs violence. I talked about I talked about it on Monday. I was excited to see how creative Drew was going to get. Nothing was creative. Nope, and he was in there with AJ Styles. AJ was tame in this match. Like, you were in there with AJ Styles. I refuse to believe that you guys couldn't have come up with better shit than what I saw. That just looked like two freaking junior high schoolers playing with the controller game, going around the fucking ring and just picking up different things and putting each other through it. Motherfuckers look at they were playing backyard brawlers. Like, it's just... I'm really disappointed, man. Two game with the fucking insane clown posse and new jack in it. And it's like, I didn't even have a standard going into this fucking match. You know what I mean? That's the whole part that bothers me. It's not like I was going into this like, this is going to be golden. It was more like, well, hopefully this is passable and even passable. Like, that's not even passable, man. You got to bring a better game. And you know what? TLC shouldn't even be a gimmick anymore. You know why? Because maybe they don't want to go by what other companies are doing, but there's too many other companies right now. Odds are if somebody watched wrestling in a week, they saw a TLC match of some sort. You're not the first people you saw climbing a fucking ladder this week. So you better be good at it. And you know what the funny thing about it is? At least other companies, I've seen them rename this match. Like a prime example, back in the good days of TNA, they didn't call it Tables, Ladder, and Chair. They call it Full Metal Mayhem. Mm-hmm. This shit felt different. This felt like if you put a ladder match on easy in the game. Yeah, and I guess that's why they started with it, which to me, it didn't work. It had the reverse effect because it kind of took the energy out of me where like I had to sort of recalibrate myself for the uh, for the next match. You know? And hey, Weekly Planet, a.k.a. Ashley. Yeah, all right, well, we're going to have Drool. They have the Drew thing here. I'm very excited. Drew McIntyre, congratulations on retaining the WWE title tonight in a tables, ladders, and chairs match. First and foremost, I have to just ask you, how are you feeling after an epic battle like that? Uh, I love to lie and have a witty joke and a big smile on my face, but I think I'll be going to see the trainer straight after this, AJ. Did a pretty good number on my leg. <clears throat> I'm still standing here WWE champion, but yeah, I think the next stop will be the trainer. Nonetheless, ain't nothing going to stop Drew McIntyre. I don't care what's going on. I don't care what the news is from the trainer. I'm going to keep competing. I'm not going to give up this WWE championship, but that was a hell of a war. But Drew, I have to ask, of course, we knew this was going to be a singles match against AJ Styles. However, there was a turn of events and The Miz cashed in his Money in the Bank contract and it became a triple threat. Were you prepared for this? No. Um, I went in expecting the unexpected, so realistically, anything could have happened, anything did happen. <clears throat> it's my first time wrestling AJ, I've spoke about it before, 
I grew up watching him innovate in these type of situations. Like, he's a man that's created a lot of the stuff we've seen over the past few years before AJ Styles got to WWE. He created different ways to use tables, ladders, and chairs. I was in there with the master. I knew my work cut out for me, and Miz picked his moment. We were at our weakest. He got right in there. He cashed in money in the bank. And again, I'd love to stand here, be cocky, make a joke, but I feel very fortunate to be standing here, WWE champion. Congratulations and thanks so much. Damn, did he, did Thank he you. mess up your throat? Up. I'll keep knocking him down. What's wrong with him? Mm-hmm. You never know. Maybe he's allergic to Miz's underwhelming catching. Oh. <laughs> Harsh stuff, man. All right, well, let's move along down this card here. Uh, what was next on the list? The Sasha Banks. We had. Ooh. Defending her. Th- oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. I was thinking, yeah, it was like Sasha Banks or the tag match, but yeah, it was Banks and uh, Carmella. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, like I said, my issue with this was uh, just the, the the build of Carmella, the explanation of Carmella uh, suddenly being powered up just didn't sit well with me. It was more like, wait, why is uh, why is she suddenly able to kick everybody's ass? Like, they took that ability away from her. It's not like she didn't at one point have it, but they definitely took it away from her. Yeah, her first run as SmackDown Women's Champion, she was a force, but then after a while, she wasn't a force anymore, and it's like, wait, what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so this ending to this match was the bank statement. My only disappointment with this match is that there were a lot of interesting sequences between the two of them, and just like the match before this, it's a shame that with as many interesting things as have happened in the match, they couldn't find a clever way to segue it into a finish. That made you go, oh, look at all these interesting things that led into the finish. It's like this company seems to do, oh, here, look, here, here, here's a bunch of interesting things. All right, time to stop doing the interesting things because it is time for the traditional finish. You know, like I'm just really tired of it. Don't ask me why I went to Star Wars or the first beat to pop in my head, okay? <laughs> yeah. Thoughts on this match? I mean, it was a good match. A lot of, uh, a lot of really cool stuff into this. I loved the fact mm-hmm. that um, Carmella actually found really creative ways to get into that old code of silence furniture. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's what I and mean. I love, and what mm-hmm. I really like about it is, I like it they actually took the time to point this out. At one point, she was grabbing for uh, her foot because part of the move is that she actually grabs her foot with um, her hand to kind of lock it in more. And they basically acknowledge that it's like the pressure wasn't going to be fully on until she got a hold of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which was really cool, you know. All of those things really made, that's what made me think it was going to be an interesting finish because it was sort of like they rolled around into the bank statement, from the bank statement into the, into the clutch, then back to the statement. And it transitioned enough times that I figured, all right, this is going to end in submission or someone passing out on a hold, but it'll be interesting to see what causes it. And like none of those things did. It was just kind of like later on, like, okay, now time to hit the finish, <laughs> you know, which was... I don't know. I mean, as we're seeing um, from the footage here, first of all, Sasha's frog splash is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's a frog splash to be proud of right there. <laughs> yeah, maybe be a little bit, uh, I don't know, a little bit less uh, top-heavy with it, because she almost practically floats she, over them. Like, it's more like Rob Van Dam when she hits it, because Rob Van Dam had that habit like of, like... She went his, a little more knees first on that one. Yeah, but it's like she's kind of tilted forward, you know? Like, if you look at her, she almost looks like she's ready to recoil off of it the way RVD does sometimes. Which Eddie was yeah. very flat and centered and grounded with his frog splash. Yeah, Eddie's Eddie's never had a bounce to it. Yeah, it was just like a stuck landing. But I mean, 
I guess if it's the best she can give us, I ain't, I ain't doing mad at her. But I mean, yeah, her three amigos and the frog splash was great. I love that's legitimate become a part of her like repertoire because it's a shoot that like Eddie Guerrero probably her favorite wrestler on the freaking planet. So mm-hmm. it's cool that like she constantly throws bits of Eddie into her match. So. Yeah, and as far as Carmella goes, it's interesting where she's going for these moves. She's hitting really solid super kicks, transitioning into all of her holds, getting people to the ground. Very reminiscent of NXT Carmella. The Carmella that they completely discarded when they brought her up. They was actually able to work and had a really good match with Bailey. Remember her? Yeah. You know? I remember that Carmella. Yeah. So uh, eventually, Sasha does successfully ap- apply the bank statement. And Carmella's struggling to get to the ropes. And her homeboy, Reginald, winds up saving her ass and pulls her to safety. But as a result, uh, basically, Reginald winds up eating a meteora, which you guys can see here. A little crotch to face. Good old Reginald. There you Reggie. go, Reggie. Reggie. My boy, Reggie. No, fuck. Poor Reggie earned that paycheck. Oh, you know what we need to do? Oh, no. Hold on. Oh, no. Oh, he's a thinking. You already know what I want to do, right? Oh, no. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> with, with Sasha in the air like that. <laughs> Holy shit, that's the best part about that bit. The timing is amazing. Oh, God. Yeah. Man, where does Carme- Carmella must must be uh, freaking... She must have amazing women stuff going on, trying to be clean for this post-show. You know, she must... It must be good. The stuff must be good that she's offering. Because, I mean, think about all of these little... Uh, am I allowed to use the word simp on here anymore? People get me if I say simp. I don't know. Can we say simp? Yeah, I have no idea. Shit, I don't, I don't even know, know either. I heard there was a rule about that. But uh, yeah, like she definitely, she's always able to get these really loyal simps when you look at it. You know what I mean? Like Reginald, Ellsworth, Graves. Just crazy. Just in case you do get shadow banned, keep find us everywhere else, okay? But he <laughs> <laughs> didn't mean it, Twitch. It just worked for the bit. I'm sorry. No, it wasn't. I know the terms. It's not you can't you can use it. You just can't. Uh, you can't just throw it at somebody in a, in a uh, derogatory way. You know. So, disclaimer there. <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even know it was a thing until I heard it the other day. I was like that's a thing. I've I've never had that used. This is the first time I've ever used it. The first time I've ever heard it used was when it was banned or when it was uh, restricted. I think you're the first person I know in life I've ever heard used. Or advised to be used with caution. Like what what is the culture that we're in? Some men will do anything for women, for 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 women, oh, and and the ones that are that do it without getting anything from women, we actually have a new name that we're not allowed to call them on on here. <laughs> I guess I don't know. Ain't that a bitch? Okay. Oh man, Reginald, let's get your meteor. Did I put the meteor in the chat room for these guys? No? Yep, I see it right there. Okay, good. Don't want them to miss that. All right. Well, so what happens to what? What are your thoughts? What happens to Carmella now? I feel like they have to. They have to run it back. You think so? There's a potential. There's a potential for this one to go a second time. You don't think this was just a one-off, another filler of this? Uh, I I have never really known feuds of Carmella to be one-offs. I can't remember the last time she was in a feud that was just a one and done. Mm. Sasha, ever since Carmella's return, it's been a back and forth battle. Tonight, it was a hard-fought battle. She even had interference. How did you walk away victorious? I mean, every single week she's had some sort of interference. I mean, who is this random guy? Who are these champagne bottles? They're cheap, that's for sure, because that's how easy it is to break it across my back. 
but I'm here every single week. I come back better than ever. You can throw champagne on me. You can bring out your man. But tonight, I proved once and for all that Carmel is not untouchable. Oh no, she's touchable. And that's exactly what I showed her tonight when I made her tap out in the bank statement. And again, I'm just showing the WWE universe why I'm the standard, why I'm the blueprint, and why I'm the star and the leader of the women's division. So any women that want to come up next, I'm ready, always and forever. <laughs> Start to tell when she's working as a baby face and when she's a heel, isn't it? Right. Yeah. It's... Like, Stacey says she should have passed out instead. Maybe. Yeah, you think so? That's yeah. true. I mean, you know, she's right because you, you were building this strong character. The strong character just tapped out in the first match. You know? I mean, hey, them and their building, so. <laughs> yeah, their buildings are going to collapse. Hey, when they build a house of cars in the middle of a tornado or something. Oh, man. Yeah, that's, that's weird. Like, they, they couldn't keep her protected after they, they, they went through all that trouble. Right. AEW had enough common sense to keep Eddie Kingston protected in his title match. They had to pass out. Like, they took death for that motherfucking tap. Like, what? Well, what can I say? All right, what do we have next? Well, next was the Raw Tag Team title match. Yes, sir. Raw Tag Team title match. Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods defending their championship against the Hurt Businesses. Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. The finish being Cedric going over with the lumbar check. You called it. Yeah. Um. Basically, after hitting pay dirt, after a combination of neural on a high kick, Neuralizer and then pay dirt on Woods was basically out of the equation at that point. Um, Shelton was setting up for something in the corner, and what it seemed to me like was Cedric was like, "Okay, I can just take this shot now, or I can just wait." Cedric tags in, drags Kofi to the center, hits a nasty lumbar check, and they got the belts. Yes, they did. They needed to because there was nowhere else they could have gone after this. Do you remember the other day on Talking Smack? When Heyman told Big E that he has to realize that his time in the New Day is just going to be a footnote in the story of Big E. And that the proof of this is that who talks about the shield when they talk about Roman Reigns nowadays? Yeah. Who would have thought that they should have been telling Shelton Benjamin that he'll mostly be remembered for tag teaming with Cedric Alexander. And that all of the footnotes in his career would lead to his his final stop being there. You're in her business. Congratulations, man. Here's your push. Because who's Super. talking about Charlie Haas? Stay, stay tuned till Monday. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> or no, Popeye Pappy Haas. But, but my point being, and it's no disrespect to Shelton Benjamin, and a lot of people will be like, congratulations, Shelton. But not me. Not me. Do you know why? Because Shelton Benjamin had potential to be a top guy going back decades. And he never utilized it, or they never utilized him. And now we're supposed to celebrate because he's with a guy that's, what, like fucking 15, 20 years younger than him, and they have a tag team together during a pandemic and a show that sucks. It's it's almost like, what a waste, you know? What a waste of a good talent. The most that Shelton got to do with this company is this. This is the biggest thing he's done since he's been back. And again, I mean that with no disrespect, but I'm I'm going by where they aimed, how high they aimed, and how far they missed by. Because Shelton Benjamin was wrestling Shawn Michaels. You know what I mean? You don't go from wrestling Shawn Michaels to like not really being a top person, leaving the company and come back. You would say when 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 World's Greatest Tag Team broke up, the first thing Shelton did was pin Triple H clean. Exactly. Like, is it, it is it they missed the mark or did they set their sights high and then just get bored? 
probably a, a little of both. I probably have to go back and analyze it with my my wrestling eyes uh, nowadays because I I don't remember it were, as clearly. But I, I just remember there were a couple of times that, in WWE. Where I remember Sheldon was dancing on the edge of glory. Yeah, and that's what I mean. So it's, it's funny like, to hear that it's like just something happened. Mm-hmm, so it's funny to hear that in the contrast to Big E, where they're saying with, with Paul Heyman, who who knows if Paul Heyman will be right? I hope he is. But he's saying you know one day people look back and this will just be a footnote. But then it's like Shelton Benjamin one day looking back at his body of work, which was great, and that's just going to be a footnote. You know, and your and your whole thing's going to be that you eventually made it to the hurt business. You know, it's fine for Cedric. Cedric came from Ring of Honor. I've been watching Cedric since his first since the very beginning. Cedric came. He's gotten in great shape. He climbed the ladder of Ring of Honor. I uh, went through here, got got made it here, which I, I would have never seen out of the people that they had out of the time when 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 they had Caprice Coleman and uh, ACH and uh, who was the other one and Tidarius Thomas, I believe there was like I, I always so. thought those guys were going to be I thought Cedric felt like the one that wasn't going to be the first one here. And he did great. So nothing wrong with him for a young guy. Yeah, you're in the her business. You're on Raw, great. But someone like Shelton, who has been on Raw, he's been tag team champions. He's he's been with Kurt Angle and Charlie Haas. He went to Japan. He was tag team champions there and all across the world, tag teaming in Ring of Honor, final battle, main evented, and all this shit. And to come back and it's like, what do you do now? I tag team with Cedric after tag teaming with Gable. And they only did that because we all wear singlets, so they wouldn't get confused when they see us. And, they and he wasn't even wearing a team. singlet. That's the worst part. <laughs> So how did they fuck up? Who wasn't wearing one? Fucking Shelton. Oh, but at one point he did. Remember, remember when when Team Angle when it was Angle. Oh yeah, way back there. But that's when they brought him back. But that's what they were. They were like they're the Singlet Brothers. That's what they thought. You know how basic the writers think. That's all that it was about. Yeah, yeah you're right. I forgot now. Excuse me, Cedric Shelton. Congratulations. You are the new Raw Tag Team Champions. Told you. Now. <laughs> the Hurt Business always being so confident and vocal about it and proving exactly why, because you guys are draped in gold. What made tonight any different? Look, I'm just... Do I tell lies? When I tell you I am going to be a champion, I mean it. The difference tonight? We knew it was going to happen. Sheldon? Listen, tonight, as we've been saying week in and week out, business as usual. Hurt Business goes in, people get hurt, and we come out shinier than ever (laughs) listen i'm gonna go back to day one when i told this gentleman right here the almighty bobby lashley the chief hurt officer of the hurt business that he had to remember what he was i said trust me and then trust yourself united states championship i told sheldon hey we got this thing going on remember what you used to be what happened Trust me, and then trust in yourself. And it took a while to persuade this little hard head right here. But he finally come around. Now, the Hurt Business. Gentlemen, I believe we are in business. Congratulations. Enjoy the celebration. I love it. It's, It's almost difficult to look at these gentlemen as heels at this point right? because to watch. Like, why are they heels i don't get it what do they do that's so wrong they fought other guys that they wanted to get opportunities from like everybody else when when if we're going to go by the the kayfabe of the story and the canon of what's going on when everybody else ran in fear instead of fighting for what they believe in with this company when retribution had them outnumbered these were the only four guys in the company that kept their fucking word 
and stood their ground no matter how many people came out week after week. And when they were ruined by retribution, when they fought them and they were outnumbered, they came back and they did it again and again until they fucking got rid of them. He also promised these guys that they would get more TV time, more recognition and win titles and shit. And he did it. It would be one thing like with like with Eddie Kingston, where he turned on these guys, you know what I mean, where he fucked over Ray Phoenix and then you could see he was being like shitty to him. This guy literally got them. They all look better. They're wrestling better. They're wearing suits. They're like they carry themselves better. They're even better fucking promos out of the kayfabe thing. Everybody has a better people know who they are more now than they ever have before. Thanks to being in the fucking herb business. And out of everyone in the company right now, the only ones that have a good look, the only ones. But they beat up Ricochet. <laughs> it's just so strange, right? I never thought. But these guys, this is solid, man. Like this is something that this works really well. Yeah, the presentation is amazing. By the way, Lashley, another championship, not defending the TLC, but why? You know, and and when you look at the, if, if we're going by, you always have guys in stables, and not everybody is the best in the ring or not everybody's the best in the mic. I mean, DX had Billy Gunn in it. You know what I mean? And there's really no other way to put that. If you're thinking about like, <laughs> I was about to say, you need to say no more. You know, like if you're thinking about the, the wrestlers that there were in DX, if it wasn't for, for freaking road dog, like Billy Gunn doesn't really look that great. And when it comes to Mike's, there's a reason why all he ever had was two words for you. You think that shit was, it's, it's a running gag with them. You ever noticed that? Because they know he sounded very bumpkinish whenever they let Billy. Every Gunn time come. they came back, he fucked with him. You know, so they gave him two words. They were like, "Thank God we have two words here that we can give him." You know, imagine no if they didn't have two, two words. words. Those two words benefited him more than any fans, any marks, the marketing, the T-shirts, anything. Suck it was more Billy Gunn's thing than anybody. Once they brought him in, they realized that that was what he was fucking limited to. But you know what? He was over because he was in the ring, standing with fucking all of these guys in China and. You know, they were they were part of the charisma and the energy and shit, and it worked, you know? So when you look at that and you compare them to a stable like this, you got you got freaking Cedric, who's a good, solid wrestler. Shelton, who we know is an excellent wrestler. MVP with a lot of uh, experience and things in Japan. And Bobby Lashley has the muscle, you know? It's not that different from the look that a lot of teams have. And most of the time, whenever you had like a set of horsemen or a stable that works, you've always had that. You've had the two tag team guys, the leader brains who keeps everybody together and the muscle guy that they need on the side. That's like the formula. When you get that right, it's like unstoppable. I've never seen that fail, you know? So I, I see good things here. Yeah, it's working out for Mm hmm. Now, we didn't even talk about uh, anything in regards to the match. What were your thoughts in regards to just uh, the match that they had against New Day? Oh, the match was great. The match was all over the place. I mean, I haven't, like, literally don't think I've seen a team have a bad match with New Day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love that it did start out very, very high pace. Like, New Day got a lot of their uh, their tag team combinations in from the get-go. Yeah. They so did. They, they, they did not waste any time with these guys. Kofi Kingston, I don't understand how this man gets so much air time. <laughs> his crossbody scared me. His acting, everything scares me because he's so high up. Yeah, the only person I've ever seen jump higher than him is that that young dude in in AEW that can do a jumping leg drop. You know? Oh yeah, I think I know the other one. Yeah, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, he did it this Wednesday. The but name the name escapes me. But yeah, like it's one of the top fly guys, I believe. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It's like the airtime, like guys like him. 
Montez Ford. The airtime some of these guys get is absolutely ridiculous. It looked here like uh, Cedric was late or something. Like, look, Kofi has to wave from overseas. Like, come here, come here, come on, get it, get it. Psychotatrix. See, like there was like a bit of a delay, but I mean, you know obviously it, for that little tight rollback that they were doing. Uh, you, you know, know what it kind of seemed like SOS when you were watching that. Mm-hmm. When you were watching that in the transition, when Kofi made that transition, you could see Shelton. You could see he almost fell down. And it looked like Shelton, it looked like Cedric wanted to wait till he was in better position, but Kofi said, no, screw it, just go for it. Yeah, maybe that's what happened. That's at least what it looked like. It looked like Cedric didn't want, like, because you'll see um, when he picks him up, it looked as if he started to slip and Cedric didn't want to go because he thought he might have been out of position. It's like, no, screw it, I'm good. Which I mean, in that case, it's like, hey, which they weren't even going to be. Yeah, that was good. I mean, you know, like I said, it wasn't terrible. I just noticed that there was that sequence that was weird. Like, I like Kofi SOS. I've always heard that he's going to DDT himself. I, I've always disagreed. I'm like, you, you're rolling when you, you have the guy. It's safe. <laughs> he, he knows exactly what he's doing with that move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's complete That that's complete control with, with Kofi with that move. Mm-hmm. Interesting stuff so far, though. You know, Miz almost made it. The New Day's title run had a big ending. This shit almost writes itself. Yeah. Then they Tom Cruise, Sami Zayn. I still killed me. That's what you called it. A Tom Cruise. Because you guys, everyone at this point has heard the Tom Cruise audio where he's gone off and people on the set of his movie for not wearing a mask. They have Sami Zayn literally do it line for line. They're such trolls. They even have the still shot up on the screen of Sami Zayn. Like, because the way the Tom Cruise one was, where you just hear him screaming that if they ever do it again, and it's just a funny thing. It was line for line that leaked audio from this weekend of Tom Cruise going nuts, but just Sami Zayn delivering it. <laughs> this company blows my mind, man. That was amazing. You know, which, uh, yeah, I guess uh, everyone's a little on edge. We forgive you, Zayn. I don't know about you, Cruise. <laughs> <I'm stupid. laughs> I like how they try to do that, though. You know how they always got to poke fun at things that actually happen in the mainstream. So, uh, you know, that was one of those things. But there's a backstage segment with Big E and Sami Zayn, which I thought was actually interesting because Big E's segments are always interesting, especially with Sami Zayn. I hope this oh, lasts yeah. forever. But yeah, check this out. Of course, out. Uh, right before we play this, uh, <laughs> Joe, I was going to say right before we play this, uh, Joe Val- Joseph Valencia in the chat and uh, Facebook chat says we do make logical sense. So, preach. Thanks, man. Caleb Braxton, and now you're going around showing it to everybody? Hey, look, I had nothing to do with your little leak, but just be glad it was that kind of leak and not the other, because ain't nobody trying to see that. <laughs> not me! <laughs> so go somewhere with your little conspiracy theory, man. Go on. Hey, I know a conspiracy thesis. Your lips don't touch when you say the word touch, but they do when you say the word separate. What the? You think you're pretty clever, huh? Everybody you think you're pretty smart. I got news for you. You are not that smart. You are not as smart as me because that is why I, I am the intercontinental champion and you are a joke who's been treading water ever since he went solo. Yeah. Burn. Sorry, here's old NXT music at this moment. Keep playing. I'm going to see you soon. I'm going to see you real soon. Keep playing. No, no. Keep it up. Yeah, you see he's turning into that dangerous Biggie. We about to fuck around and get five count Biggie back. Mm-mm. Well, that's going to lead to something. They could have a great match. 
you know. Oh, that's gonna be if they let Sami Zayn be fucking Sami Zayn and not whoever this dude is. <laughs> I want to see no cowardly shit. Let him fucking fight. Yeah, I want right. Cesaro to kill him in NXT. I there's no excuse. Mm-hmm. All right. So after this was the WWE Women's Tag Team Title Match, Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler defending their championship against Charlotte Flair, being the guest person, the secret teammate of Asuka. So much for that silhouette that we talked about on Monday. That was <laughs> this person with a neck. I really wanted to turn to come on with a neck brace. You know? I was waiting here. Dun dun dun. <laughs> Very disappointing. And you know what? The only reason that they can get away with this is because of the fact that they have the Thunderdome. I wish Bray would have really burned it. Because if this was any city, I don't care. They try to go, oh, you're in Canada's bizarre world. Oh, you're at the Garden. You know how people are in this state. Keep shitting on all that. That would have been the anti-Road Warrior pop. If you guys would have done that during a time of live people. After watching Charlotte go, th- after watching freaking Lana go through nine tables, have Charlotte come out, Charlotte would have been booed out of the building the way Roman Reigns and used to. And not only that, and, they would have drowned that whole match with We Want Lana. Lana is the even, best, Lana not, number one. They would have fucked your shit up. They, they only did this because they're doing certain things because they can get, can you imagine? If this, no matter where, name a fucking state that would have been all right, that wouldn't have been like Lana is the best Lana no more. We want Lana and booed with Charlotte. How many times have they tried to do this? Just pull somebody, did some name recognition. They tried that shit with poor Ray Mysterio when everybody thought Daniel Bryan was going to be number 30 and it was Ray. And then here's the best part not just nine table bumps, nine table buns and a chronicle special. Just to have Charlotte come back. So here's the thing I don't give a fuck how many Charlotte, how many Charlotte title runs they need. No need for this shit. Don't you believe what you're we, hearing. We we mm-hmm. watched this girl go through nine tables, do these dramatic ass speeches, have a chronicle on the network, just so y'all can hand Charlotte another title that nobody asked for. Yeah, don't believe what you're hearing. They may be think, say that they're anxious. They're starting to get comfortable with this Thunderdome. They're starting to cartman their way. They wake up every morning. Vince opens up his curtains away. Car and that's what a beautiful Remember that song he was singing when he fucking got up. That's that's Vince. They're, they're starting to feel this, this this freaking lockdown because they control that Thunderdome. It's what they've always wanted. They've always wanted to be able to control. They did it when the people were there. They would control the audio of the pops and the booze and get rid of people, make them disappear. But now they when have they have hundred percent control. Now they have the full. This is this is the dream now because you cannot. Have a storyline about Lana and then at the end throw in Charlotte just because she's a big name and not Ooh, have everybody and, lose their shit. And, and, and as Stacey points out, an even better one, I forgot about this. They let Lana pin Nia clean. Yeah. For Charlotte to come back. Just to bring Charlotte and not to do anything. There's no way everyone, especially with the Rusev stuff, they would have been like Lana's. They might have even cheered for Miro. They would have fucked the matchup. And you know what? As much as people don't think that that's a big deal. The only reason you don't think it's a big deal when a mass audience is heckling you is because WWE has been blessed and cautious enough, despite their ignorance, to keep their booking fuckery limited to people who would know how to handle themselves. Like Randy Orton's and John Cena's. It's always the top tier talent that are put in a shit situation where the crowd goes absolutely nuts and they're, they're veterans enough that they can handle it. If you've ever seen people that don't know what to do when the crowd heckles them, it's a completely different world if you're not trained for that shit. And I have one sentence I want for you. I people crumple. 
I have one sentence for you. If you want to see two people that are presented as professionals that don't know how to handle when a crowd absolutely hates you, you can't just work through the match. I'm going to say this. Madison Square Garden, WrestleMania 20, Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar. Everybody turned on them. And you know what they did? Not fucking wrestle. They, st- they, they were both staring at each other for 15 minutes. They were standing there for like forever. It was like they watching didn't know what to do. It was like I was on Namek all over again. Like they, <laughs> they were standing there staring at each other for so long. <laughs> Go back and watch it. Heckling could fuck you up, man. Look what it did yeah. to to uh, Michael Richards. It, it made him snap. I don't. I don't believe he's racist. I believe he snapped. Exactly. You know what I mean? That dude was heckling him, and he, you know, like if, like honestly, and the only reason why that is taken so badly is because he lost his composure. If people thought that was a bit back then, maybe not now. Back then, they would have been okay. Like if I would have had the editing skills I have right now, and he would have done that stand-up comedy thing, and at the end of it, he would have been like, "Screw it, he's a ninja," and I would have just added the drop, and cut to something else. Everybody would be like, "Oh, what about it?" <laughs> you know, because that's sort of what they did on Seinfeld, right? <laughs> Something really fucked up and awkward would happen, and then when the person does it, it would just go do 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 do. So that would have been it. He would have been up there on stage. He would have been like, "Screw it, he's a ninja." Do 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 do. Like just just for, for for those blind marks who defend this shit, just understand they put you through nine weeks of a lot of table bumps just to bring in somebody to win the titles who had nothing to do with this shit. We need that drop now. We just need whenever some stupid shit like that. We need to Seinfeld away. Oh, we'll be. We'll hit. We'll, we'll. We'll break the button. Every fucking time, right? Are Every we allowed to on here? Do we get any? Is there anything that will be anal enough for that little? Uh, I I don't think so. For that little thing to just hate on our shit, like imagine that, like you get you get a freaking D D C M A takedown or whatever because uh because of that because now I want it just based on the fact that I might not be able to have it. <laughs> you know, I'm that kind of a guy. It's like so. What they're telling me is, hey, remember this uh this this tag team we just made up like four weeks ago? So what we're gonna do? What we're gonna do? We're going to kill that tag team, and then we're gonna have a made up tag team on the spot. Two people who have never gotten along, and then they're gonna win the tag titles. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I told you. Everybody was like, "What the fuck is he talking about?" You see, now you get it. If you didn't understand before, now you see the connection right there. Boom. That was perfect. <laughs> I felt like I was inside failure. <laughs> Absolutely like, ridiculous show. Listen to how little sense that makes. Charlotte, the last time we saw Charlotte, Oscar was tapping her ass out. Why the fuck is she tagging with Oscar? Now what happens to Lana? <laughs> it's probably about the. I don't fuck. Like, <laughs> oh, that's incredible. What? I'd rather just have old Oscar's gonna challenge for the titles by herself. At least logically, that would have made sense. Not fucking the queen just poof out of nowhere. <laughs> and the second I the second I heard her music, I was like, oh, that's it for them. I would have never imagined it. You know, like out of all of the people that I would have thought would have had something, I would have never thought it would have been her. But as Looking far as Charlotte looked good, though. You know, I mean, but I this. What what can I say? You know what I mean? It's like I'm this one of my favorite wrestlers and she looked really good and she's really over. I mean, I don't really have to give her anything. You don't hear me talk much about her because what am I going to say? They should push her. I think that's a part that upsets me. Like she looked great. She was Charlotte. 
I must have but really good taste because, why? you know, you, you'll never hear me trying too hard. Well, why don't they push my favorite? Why isn't Triple H getting more of a push, more title? Why, what's wrong with Shaw? You know, like, like she's fucking really over it. She totally didn't need this, you know? And Shayna is, 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 is the most non-factor in this entire thing when you really look at it. Like, Shayna somehow went from this bad bitch to just the sidekick of some bad bitch. How did we get there? Because this is what happens when you leave NXT. And you know what's the Word sad part there, about guys, it? If you're in NXT, don't leave. It's the, the sad part is that it's half their fault, half her fault. Because it's half their fault because they shouldn't have put her in this tag team. And it's half her fault appearance-wise. Unfortunately, as much as people don't like Nia, Nia has something that you need in WWE. She has a unique look. You know what I mean? And standing next to Shayna, Shayna just looks like some broad. As much as we might know all oh, that Shayna Baszler, Queen of Spades, UFC, Ultimate Fighter. Blah, blah, at the end of the day, it just looks like some chick is coming out next to a WWE superstar. Say what you want about Nia's weight for people who make those kind of jokes. We really don't. Or say what you want about uh, her work. She hurts people, and we do agree with that. That needs to fucking stop. But at the end of the day, you would know for a fact if you saw her that she was someone and that it was a big deal, and you would just wonder who the sidekick is. As a matter of fact, you can have somebody cosplay at Sh- as Shane at the top of the ramp the way that... uh. CM Punk did Jeff Hardy, and the fans wouldn't know right away. Probably until she gets in the ring. You couldn't have somebody cosplay as Nia Jax and walk down. So that's a really unique look, and unfortunately, it hurts Shayna. Nia's movements, her attitude, everything about her is unique, and Shayna just looks like shit. They need to get her out of that tag team. Or they em- should have kept Shayna by herself. Or they need to emphasize more, because the thing about it is, I don't hate the tag team, you know? The dynamic girls too work. The fact that they almost had like this kind of I can beat up on her, but nobody else can type relationship. One of them stands out and the other one doesn't, you know, and that's we went from from this bitch who was snapping arms and fucking NXT. to now she's just there. And I really wanted Lana to be in this because if like I said before, if they want to pop me, I wanted the angle to end with Asuka and Lana on top as baby faces and Nia and Shayna wind up like you see a backstage segment where they're both wearing neck braces. You know, and then, like ironically, like they 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 screwed them. They team rocketed themselves so much. They they got so obsessed with Lana, they eventually fucked themselves over <laughs> to a point that they're but actually no. taken out. Just some I- ironic twist, even if it's a little bit far fetched, would have been better than anything that they gave us. You but know? no, that doesn't make Bruce laugh. So, and like I said before, you know, if there's any questions that need answering at this point, is the fact that if they did succeed and if Lana did show up, and Nia got her diabolical ways, and Lana winds up with boobs on her back. Would you still booby bang her? You stupid. You stupid. <laughs> because I'll just say that it would be easier access to switch back and forth. Yeah. I don't know if that was their intent and purpose when they came up I with know. that storyline. But believe me, believe me, we know it wasn't. We, we, they wish they were this funny. No, they're not. I am, though. I mean, but then again, it's pretty easy to think to be funny when you're actually funny. Asuka, Charlotte Flair, congratulations. You are the new women's tag team champions, first and foremost. Charlotte, welcome back. The queen is in the WWE Thunderdome for the first time and now accomplishing quite the feat. You have now won all of the women's titles. What is this moment like for you? Uh, honestly, like I'm, I'm honored to be the tag team champion with Asuka, but it's just being back in front of the fans and being beside someone that I respect the most in this business. Um, we have a lot of history and the fact that she could have had anyone as her partner and she wanted me, um, means a lot. So not only was I nervous for the fans, I was nervous for Oscar, but, uh, 
Man, it feels good to be back. And uh, I never thought I'd be the tag team champion with her, but man, let's see how far we can go. And Oscar, how did this team come about? Oh, I'm so happy. Uh, without Lana, I wanted the best Charlotte. Yeah! I think you're the best. <laughs> Well, you guys are holding the titles, so you guys are both the best, so congratulations. Tomorrow on Raw, we'll come up with a name. I'm not really sure. Might just be Empress Queen. I'm not really. Maybe like the royal team. I don't know. Maybe the fans can help us. <laughs> cool, what do you cool, think, cool. royal team? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oscar's legit marking out here. Congratulations. All great ideas. Thank you. Of course. Hashtag fuck Lana, I guess, huh? So much for that. So much for that. They were I like, mean, we're going to have to make this transition smooth enough that it doesn't bother anybody but Lana. <laughs> well, guess what? You pissed off everybody. I haven't even looked on social media. Is everybody angry? I, I fucking wouldn't be surprised. Let's be real. P- people are mad when they give Charlotte championships when it makes sense. Imagine what happens when it doesn't. <sighs> yeah. But I mean, hey, Oscar got her friend again. I guess that's all that matters at the end of the day. Yeah. All right. Well, does that bring us to the main event, God willing? Yep. No, it doesn't. You're wrong. Actually, wait, no, the co-main event. It brings you to the co-main event because they actually made the title not go on last, my friend. You get the Universal Title TLC match. I don't know why they didn't that stairs. Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman defending his championship against Kevin Owens. With the finish being... Thanks to some interference from Jey Uso, Reigns is able to put Owens to sleep atop the ladder, having him fall down unconscious and then pull down the championship in the traditional championship grabbing ceremony. It's like I said in the chat room, you want a fucking Kodak moment. I wish he would have choked him out, but then held him there and then grabbed the belt. Had him choked under one hand and the belt up with the other. And then drop him. (laughs) But um, yeah. Like I said earlier, when we talked about uh, TLC GT, as I call it, because that shit was not canon to me, um, violent, like a table ladder chairs match should be. Very, very violent. They beat the shit out of each other in this match. There were points where Owens literally looked like he was fighting for his life. Like, it looked like when he was step on points, when he was throwing chairs and just things like that, it looked like every shot was a fight for survival. Yeah, no, they did not play around in this at all. Um so the 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 only thing I didn't like was that the beginning I guess was mainly uh a lot of uh a lot of Owen selling for for Roman, you know. Well, you think like too much too soon? Uh I kind of think so. Yeah, I, I I could see that. Maybe have it be a little bit more even the gap widen as time, but yeah, it didn't bother me too much, but yeah, I could definitely see where you're going with that. Yeah. But yeah, there I kind of lot... figured with this new more violent Roman I guess I could kind of see it coming, but yeah, but uh, Roman beats Owens really bad for the first half of this. And then Owens winds up hitting Roman with that nasty fisherman suplex on the chairs at one point. Um, Jey Uso interferes enough that it makes Roman look like a bitch, in my opinion, though, you know, a little bit like a little too much, you know, like you didn't see you didn't get that vibe from this that it was like he's supposed to still be tough, you know? Yeah, with with me. It seemed more of maybe it's just the way I was looking at it. It seemed like one of those things where because it's representing their family, it's kind of like a you fight one of us, you fight all of us type thing. Maybe that's just the way I was grasping at it. And it made that aspect of Owens basically trying to survive 
at least for me, it made it kind of stick a little bit more because now he knows you're not just fighting Roman. You're basically fighting Roman and his family now. The problem is that that attitude of you fight one of us, you fight all of us works better with the Hurt Business because they do it more like we may as well jump you. Not, oh no, I'm getting fucked up so badly that I hope my cousin comes to save me. That shouldn't be the theme. It should be more like we're a family and we're going to do this. Just have him come out. Roman's getting his ass saved. You know what I mean? Like he, he, he wouldn't be the champion right now. Again, if it wasn't for Jay, it's not just a helping hand. He saved his fucking ass. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Pretty much like a little too much Jay interference. Maybe like once, maybe twice, but too much in this one. Because all you have to do is look at it logically, right? He, he beat up Roman Reigns, left him laying on the ground climbed the ladder and would have grabbed the belt and went home to his family if it wasn't for Jay. Like, think about how that would have looked otherwise. It wouldn't have been a match. It would have been he would have beat him up and left. You know, yeah. and I get it. He makes a good heel now, but now he's not a convincing badass to me anymore. Kevin Owens, but then again, is, I Kevin guess Owens could kick your ass. I kinda, then again, I guess it's kind of a wonder if it's going to turn into one of those things where, kind of like it happened the first time, where Roman kind of tries to still keep the facade of, like, I had it handled, but Jay was like, no, I got you, like it, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm reaching for straws. I'm not sure, but it seems like this one at least has a little bit more variety of where it could go. Yeah, because I've noticed I've noticed this kind of trend of sometimes Jay thinks he's helping, but in reality he's doing too much, and it comes back around to bite him. Like in yeah. that moment, we see Roman like think kind of like the last time um when Roman hugged him at the top of the ramp, and then next time on Friday we see Roman pretty much putting him in the doghouse. Yeah, well, it's definitely a way they could go. So it's like it kind of salvages it a little bit. But yeah, it was a little too much in this match. though. Owens definitely Owens selling definitely works for me. Oh, Owens selling had me thinking at points where I was like, is he even going to have enough to climb the ladder? Like like this moment where I was right there. Owens looks like he's barely there until that one hit. <laughs> there were moments in this match where Owens looked like he would like look like the lights were out, but nobody was home. That was a nasty corner table bump that he took there. Yeah. I mean, freaking this, Owens is bumping in ladder and no DQ matches is always crazy. Mm hmm. Yeah. Like, absolutely. it's a level of fearlessness I've, ne- I've never seen in a burn. And now with this more violent Roman Reigns, it complements so perfectly. Because, like I said, there were periods when Roman was aware um, Owens was climbing the ladder and it looked like it was taking everything he had and he would reach up and he touched the belt. And he had to look as if all I got to do is just strap this thing down and I'm good. And then it's like the moment, the moment Jay either grabs her by the leg or Roman comes up. It's like, shit, that's all I had. There was also this brutal table bump that he took here. I'm putting it up on the screen. I thought this was rough. The chair's full. He covers himself so he gets safe. But the chair's land. He knew to cover himself there because when you look at that. Yeah, see, certain stuff like this, you could see that they do with Owens because Owens can handle it. You don't really see people leave the chairs there and they kind of like it kind of complemented the violence that you saw out of this match. The fact that it's like Owen, like like Reigns is in the moon, the chair is like, fuck it, you're going through no matter what. I think you put him through like, what, two or three tables back to back. Yeah, he did. And it literally took the point to where Roman had to, and I guess it actually kind of complements Owens, the fact that he used this new choke. He had to literally make, make it to where Owens passed out before he could put him away. Yeah, lots of brutality, man. Oh, yeah. This felt like a real tables, ladders, and chairs match. And, Not and, just, and again, hey, let's use tables, ladders, and chairs to set up a failed cash-in. And again, Owens is selling uh, of yeah. trying to get up the rungs and stuff. 
like it really does it for me you know that like by I, itself told the story you know very good storytelling in regards to all of that uh, he literally told Roman on Friday, like, if you, you're, you're probably going to walk away Universal Champion or I'm going to die trying. Roman's like, okay, let's try to kill you in this thing, then. Yeah, and he really did. <laughs> you know? But yeah, that was a that was a crazy bump that they took there. Seeing if there's any oh. other ones here. Roman also, yeah, I remember this one, too. When Roman went for the spear into the barricade. and uh, He hit that barricade hard as shit. Yeah, and Owens dodges out of the way. Let's see here. This one right here, this was, this is crazy. <laughs> this is where, and we'll probably, I don't know if we'll talk about it on Monday, but yeah, Bill, this is where, why Roman Spear works. Because I was like, is he okay after that shit? And I, what I love about it is, and you could hear when Owens was talking, he kept saying pretty much, come on, come on. And you could see Owens trying to build up just enough energy to get out of the way. And this is what so we you talked know about. What? The, the you just made the list. Oh no! Oh, here we go. <laughs> Thank you for the follow, Tayab. Thank you for the follow over on Facebook. That place is popping off. My God! But um, it's going to become our main platform. Was, so Easter egg. Any, if you're not following us on Facebook, you might want to get over there in case one day we disappear from your lives. <laughs> be ready. But uh, yeah, this was like case like we told with our Owen selling. It, as it got later on in the match. It would get to the point where you could see Owens trying to build energy just for maybe one big shot, maybe one stunner or one right hand or just enough to climb a ladder because he barely had enough to fight on his own. Yeah. And uh, I like the fact that it really looked like he barely had enough to fight on his own. You know what I mean? Where it, it sort of looked he was red. You know, when you look at him in some of these shots, like, you know, I'm trying to see if I could get a good shot of him. But Owens was legitimately like red and bruised and oh, yeah. beaten from this shit, you know? Like, I mean, I think um, coming from that spear to the barricade, Ray's back looked kind of bruised up. Like, these guys did not hold back against each other. No, and I kind didn't. of figured that's what it was going to be when I realized it was a TLC match. Mm-hmm. It was nasty, it was brutal, and it was violent, and it was exactly what I expected of it. Yeah, absolutely. Owens gets powerbombed against a diagonal corner table. Not a spine buster, Michael Cole. Uh, he keeps doing you know, that. Owens hitting Jay with a pop-up powerbomb through the table when he needed to get his ass out of the way. Um, Owens also choke slamming. Um, Owens getting choke slammed through the table, like I showed you before, the chairs fall on top of him was crazy. Um, the Samoan drop through the other table that you mentioned. Uh, wh- there was a point where uh, Roman spears Kevin Owens uh, through that corner table, and then after that, he's favoring his own neck for like the rest of the match. Did you catch that? Yeah, it looked like um, when Roman hit that spear, it looked like Roman's head probably hit the table. I hope he didn't fuck up his neck or something, because I don't know if that would, that would be a tremendous amount of selling he would be doing. Exactly. I mean, but then again, we've seen with some of Roman's spears, sometimes he'll go in a little headlong. Like, I think there was one he might have done. It was either like Big Show or Bray Wyatt. He speared him off one announcer table into another, and he landed right on his head. Yeah, I remember that. But so it's like I've, I've seen him do that before. So, but I've never seen him favor himself like that before. It yeah. would be weird for him to sell for a move he executed. Like you don't sell when you execute. Well, not like that. Um, I'm wondering if there's uh, any injury report. I'm looking real quick while we're on the air. I know we're going to be pressed for time here. I just want to make sure, just because I, I it dawned upon me when he hit there, it was just like yeesh. But then again, if he is, it's like that's selling the brutality late into that match. That's like he went for something so high speed and violent. So. Even the shot I'm seeing right now on the dirt sheets, he's favoring his neck when he celebrates. You know what I mean? Like, when I saw it, like, I knew something was wrong. That stood out to me. But then again, 
Now they think about it with uh, the fisherman through uh, through the chair. He started favoring his neck right after that, his head and his neck. So it could have also still been feeling the effects of that, and after basically long darting a man through a table. All right, well, there's an update here. Let's see what we got. Uh, he was favoring his shoulder, according to Fightful Select, but they're saying that he's going to be okay. Um, they said it's not a situation he should worry about. They said he's just good at his job. Yeah, which is basically throwing all 275 pounds of his frame through people. So. Let's let's take that with a grain of salt until tomorrow. Like, it more likely would be optimistic, sure. But I want to I wanna hear again in 24 hours. Just from experience, right. I've learned that's the best way to handle these kind of things. Make sure he's good, good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was pretty much about it. I did like the pop-up. There was this one cool thing where they both reverse each other's stuff. Uh, he does a pop-up power bomb, and Roman reverses it in the air and comes down with a Superman punch. But then after the Superman punch, Days is uh, Owens, and Roman goes for the spear. Owens reverses the spear into a pop-up power bomb through the table next to him. So I that like that was it was so cool. There was a counter answer back for a counter. You know, he had an answer for uh, he had his he had an answer for his signature and he had an answer for his finisher. You know what I mean? I thought that was pretty dope. Yeah, and it was another case of more of the storytelling was that it got layered into the match. Owens in that short amount of time built up just enough energy to get a pop up power bomb off. Mm-hmm. But this is so that, much better than the uh, in the other match, right? Yeah, but then again, everything that was done in this match was better than the other match. Even the freaking ceremonial climbing of the ladder. Because we said before, there were a couple of times where Owens looked like he was about to walk away with that. Yeah, there really were. I love the way he had to drag him down and he would desperately try to go up. And that's one thing he does that I don't see a lot of people do. He tries to get up there quickly. Where he does that thing where he's like, that's my chance. Go, 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 go. You know, as fast as he possibly can. With the only time he was ever going slow is like almost mid, almost through the through the, until the end of the match. Mm-hmm. When he's been beaten to hell with everything not nailed down. All right, so... That brings us to the main event. Because this, they decided instead of announcing this on the main show, they announced it in the middle of the week. Randy Orton versus The Fiend in a Firefly Inferno match. Yeah. Uh, finish to this being The Fiend that gets set on fire. <laughs> and then uh, his flaming body. Wait, let me take Hold on. Part. Let me take this part for the love of God. His the flaming gets, body. Go ahead. He gets lit on fire, and he almost he looks at a moment. It's like holy shit, I'm on fire. Randy's in the ring. The fiend still on fire runs into the ring and gets RKO. I just saw a burning man get RKO'd on live television. What was that? Uh, what was that old music video on MTV where the guys running down this block on fire? Remember that shit? Oh, God, I remember. That's what I thought of. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about, right? I know the one, but I can't remember the name. Somebody, somebody, oh. uh, comment. I know usually hmm? Offspring, oh. maybe it's I don't know. I but then, um, this was amazing <laughs> because what they did next killed me. So while the fiends laid out, no longer burning, Randy Orton it's gets a, gas. Is this it? Wax, wax, California. I think that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm probably annoying everybody with it, but yeah, the one. <laughs> Yeah, where the guy runs doing it for the funny damn it <laughs> let me see yeah i don't want to play the music i don't want to play the music because i know we'll, we'll we'll get shit for it yeah yeah don't do that you know but uh i would anyway if it was something that'd be entertaining but the uh oh my God. i'm gonna throw the clip on for a minute just so you could take a look dustin so you could see what the fiend this is where they ripped the fiend from 
Oh no. Oh sec, don't worry. God. No, get that off there. Fuck out of here with that. No. Be gone. Nice try. That's not how we roll here. Yeah, let me slip. <laughs> just Oh God. There's the fiend. This guy <laughs> this guy's actually running faster than the fiend ran the <laughs> But the sad part is the shenanigans were not over because as the fiend is laid out in the ring, Randy gets a cast. Couldn't resist. Oh my god! Randy uh, gets gassed and pours it over the fiend's body. Commentary is losing their shit. All right. Now, if you watch wrestling over the years, you know this is usually the part where something happens, fiend escapes, somebody comes out, some some kind of shit happens. Not this time, kiddies. Because <laughs> Randy Orton lights the fiend on fire in the middle of the fucking Thunderdome. I need to get the drop of Paul Bearer going, I had a dream that the ring was on fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. First of all, that dummy, if you're going to make the dummy right, guys, at least get the gut. And because the second is, I saw him, and listen, look at that. Why is that Bray Wyatt so much skinnier than you? Listen, here's my grievance. Listen, Randall Keith Orton needs to look less like a pussy when he's setting somebody on fire. I want <laughs> to see the Randy Orton. I want to see the Randy Orton that stands defiantly as that shit erupts around him if i wanted to use this as the screenshot now how the fuck can i make him look cool the whole point is you don't he he looks the way i look if i had to light that shit and kill a demon in the middle of my house like oh (laughs) 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 oh (laughs) had to kill it sucks want to make sure he's dead though he's dead you got him you know what the best part about it is this part wasn't even part of the pay-per-view. It was so funny how it happened. Because some of us stay on the network for like a second longer. And they go to shit about Lex Luger. Then next up, Lex Luger. In case we- Cheer up. Next comes Lex Luger. You never think you see those two things in the same five-minute window. Somebody burned a demon to Lex Luger. Well, I was crying when I saw this shit. Because I like it's not even one of those things where it's like for a hot second you wait over that break. No. The second that thing was lit. I was like, yep, there's the dummy. I always compare those kind of things to that time that Brian Pillman was going to come out for his match, and he died. So they announced that he died, and then sent a bunch of midgets to wrestle to the ring, while oh we were still God. processing that he died, because then I had to split my attention between the shock of Brian Pillman being dead and, and, the, the, be- and the bewildering thought of, do they keep midgets on reserve <laughs> in case... Because, like... <laughs> When else the fuck would that have been able to be on the card? (laughs) You know? And it was too accessible. It was like right there. Like, here come the midgets right away. They were having a match. They were all choreographed and everything. That shit was like a PWD style match. They were doing all kinds of spots and shit. It wasn't just like they were out there rolling around. What the fuck is going on here? The motherfuckers had standby midgets. That's what they have, you know? You know what? I wonder wonder what the legality is. Probably because it's WWE can't do it. They allow you when you have these streams to make it where if it disconnects, it'll play a video of your choice to give you some time to get back on the air. If it wasn't for copyright, I would make it those midgets. 
<laughs> every time, every time the internet disconnects, it will just cut to those fucking midgets. No, that match. Remind you all that this was considered good entertainment to take your mind off of death. Oh, <sighs> look at how he looks there, though. I would make this a screenshot if it wasn't so spoilery, because he clearly won, but he's also clearly scared. <laughs> I've seen Kane be less scared of fire than Randy Orton. Well, I mean, Kane's at least in gimmick, so Randy is but a boy. Before this happens, there's a point where the fiend uses his superpowers to to set the whole Thunderdome on fire. Which I, I had been waiting until this moment to ask you. Since this was basically an infernal match, what did you think of them going away from the original uh infernal match format? Where it's like the flames were like literally on the, the edge of the ring. I kind of think this looks better. Yeah, presentation know? wise, I like them using the whole way of the Thunderdome where there's no fans there. Mm-hmm. This is the spot here. Check this out. Uh, the Predator has become prey. Oh, is, it go. is it time for a sister Abigail and Orton fighting back? And Orton fighting back at all. Oh, watch out. Oh, and a backbreaker by Orton buys him some time. The first significant amount of offense that Randy Orton has had from the moment this match began. Orton or is it? Oh, back up to his feet. The feet back up to his feet. Went for an RKO. Hold on. Sister Abigail to Randy Orton. The third time was a charm for the Fiend. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> the flames. The flames. That was kind of cool, though. It was cool. It was cool. And I believe the fun house was a blaze. Yeah, that's what fire means. We have entered another oh. circle of hell as Orton has been tossed outside the ring. And that, right before uh, the fire came up, it made me think about something I've been thinking about with the fiend, and I've never I keep forgetting to mention it. Why I like that mask. Mm-hmm. The way it muffles Bray's screams and the sounds he makes, it really makes it sound demonic. Yeah. Like like, like if you can catch it right as he raises the fire, listen to the sound and tell me that shit would not have you shitting bricks. Is it before that? Let's go a little bit further back. Much like right when he hits uh, Sister Abigail. Third time was the charm for the fiend. Yeah, that is fucked up. Something about the way that mask is constructed, I don't know what it is, but every sound Bray makes, I even whether it's the laughs or groans, they all sound more intimidating under that mask. I didn't catch it the first time, but that's the kind of sound that even if you were in the arena having heard it, for a moment you'd still probably wonder what the hell just happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Could you notice that like, whenever he gets people in the mandible claw... Whenever he's laughing, anything he does, that masks for some reason muffles it. And it really does convey, and I love that it conveys this way, like the Fiend and Bray Wyatt are two separate beings. Because you don't really hear Bray unless you're really listening for Bray under there. Yeah, yeah this was, this match was entertaining. This I got a kick out of this. This was great. It, it's silly and it's goofy, but it was done in a dark way. Um, honestly, I, out of all the WWE stuff that I've ever seen, if I was one of those people that was scared about things that influence children i feel like this is the most collective amount of content you could put into one pay-per-view that would literally be the poster child for don't try this at home shit i mean we're talking like playing with fire at the top of my list and then a whole bunch of different objects that you would try to stab and plunder people with so uh you know and then summoning demons demons matches gasoline like it's the stasis also says because of the mask of the leather are thick like leather yeah so i guess that does make sense 
Awesome. It must have been hot as hell with those flames everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, and he kept, and the fiend kept the jacket on the whole time, too. Like, And then at one point, he makes this a yappa pie match, and he goes for a strap, and he goes a step further and transforms it into a flaming whip. That motherfucker said, we go fry tonight. And like, then when that's it's not like, good it's enough. Like it, it's like it turned into a Darksiders game. It was like, wait, what? Then when that's not good enough, he equips a pickaxe. With the pickaxe. What killed me, and I love how they do some of these cinematic shots. When he whipped out the chair, and then he doused the chair in gasoline, and then sat him in the chair, and he had like that James Bond trail of fire. Yeah, right. And I was just like, oh shit. And then Orton jumped out. You know what I'm saying? That trail moves so much faster than I thought it would. And Orton had like his life flash before his eyes. The motherfucker will remember evolution and the fucking Orton news bulletin shit all over again. Yeah, no, it was rough. He would have been yeah, that would have been a much longer injury time. Oh my god, right? You can't just bounce back from that one, bro. Yeah. No, but uh Yeah, that shot was brutal. I was wondering what they were gonna do there because since Randy Orton was fully dressed, I thought maybe he's gonna be the one that's on fire. Yeah, I wasn't sure because Randy kept that jacket on the whole match. But maybe but he then just legitimately didn't want to burn. You know, that could have been the bigger thing. Like, maybe he said, hey, man, I don't want to burn. You know, there's a lot of fire because he he looked like he didn't want to burn out there. Not, yeah. not that there's anything wrong with that look, but I'm just saying the man looked like he was not trying to uh, get burnt. Even at the end there where he was supposed to set him on fire, he was like, I don't want to get burned killing you. Yeah. And the funny thing about it is, I think um, in WWE's Untold on their network, they talked about the whole feud with him and Taker. He mentioned that he went a little crazy with the gasoline and got something wrong his boot. So when he took when the casket went up, he almost went up with said casket. I remember seeing so that. I guess, yeah. so, so I guess in that moment, considering that he was sitting in that gasoline douse chair, I was like, "Oh shit, I don't want to go up with Bray too." Yeah, apparently not. But this was wild, though. This is, I oh. wish they would have like announced it on the show itself, like rather Raw or SmackDown. But I mean, they they worked with a little bit of time to build this they had, so. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I think that this worked better. I, w- I thought it was going to be some cinematic bullshit, but uh, yeah. it actually turned out to be a good match that had a lot of stuff, you know? Oh, yeah, they worked with uh, quite a bit in this. This was violent as all hell, but yeah, this I the fact that, I mean, he literally set a man on fire, we can tell this is not over. <laughs> it's probably going to somehow, by the power of Grayskull, get worse. Either that or he'll just come back and be the regular Bray Wyatt again. I mean, that's what happened to Taker when he got buried alive, right? They shitted on our biker and they just defaulted him. They'll just Man, default him that. to he'll be Husky Harris. Oh, God, don't do that. You don't want him to Ooh, be Husky don't Harris? Put, don't you put that Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Don't you, <laughs> <laughs> don't you fucking do it. I think he will make a great Husky Harris. Oh, God. But, the Fiend, Husky Harris. But yeah, the rocking chair, I thought that was going to be the whole thing, him it coming full circle, which by the way, for anyone who's talking about the trail that Dustin was mentioning, this is it here. See, look at that. Whoa. Look at how fast that shit moves. That, was, that frightened me. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> See, shots like these, I love it. Just watching the fiend just watch over his friggin' like work. <laughs> Someone needs to meme this when you're, when you're on the toilet and you see a mouse. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Oh god! When you're on the toilet and the phone rings and the door no, when the doorbell rings. Yeah, let's do that one. Bing boom! Right. Shit! <laughs> I'm gonna do that shit right now. As a matter of fact, we're not even waiting till we get up to make sure that this happens. We're gonna just drop it out there. When you're on the toilet and the doorbell rings, 
Hashtag WWE TLC. And we have the screenshot. No fuck. <laughs> oh my god. So there's moments like that where I love Orton's animation because you could tell he had to have a pre-planned route to get out there as fast as he can. It was like, fuck it, just go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that shit was funny. Like, this match wasn't supposed to be funny at some point, but there were some points where it was fucking funny. That is great. You, know, you, you never think of, you never think in a tail in the 2020, you watch somebody RKO a flaming demon. Mm-hmm. But he sets the fiend on fire. So, like... He sets his body on fucking fire, and that's it. He he's dead. You know, it's re- interesting yeah. how commentary just sits by and watches that. Yeah, it was kind of. I love I love the panic in Joe's voice though. Joe sold this really well. Mm-hmm. Like Joe had you sitting there thinking, like, we're about to watch a man die on live TV. But yeah, I mean, what do you have to say? Final thoughts here. What do you think of this pay per view overall? <sighs> it started out pretty shit, but like maybe the last. Definitely the the definitely uh the tag team the canon TLC and this match definitely kind of like salvaged some of it for me because the other ones it's not that they were necessarily well the Drew and AJ one was pretty shit but it wasn't necessarily that they were bad matches it's just that certain things that happened just did not make sense to me like so we just said fuck off with Lana like really that's what we're doing but yeah creatively it, it was all over the place entertainment wise though you do get your value here like the matches that get people yeah. talking. Uh, you know, it just wasn't bad. Like it wasn't entirely bad. There was progression in some direction. Uh, we th- once again we have to see what happens with this fiend thing. It would really be annoying if uh tomorrow the Firefly Funhouse just comes on and it's just nothing. You know, I okay. mean they 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 would have to do something like Bray having like maybe like a memorial for the fiend, some kind of thing where it's like conveying to Randy that it's like this isn't over yet. But how? that's kind of how that's kind of how they did it when when he set Taker on fire. They waited a little bit, but they made it clear, like, "Hey, you're you're not done with him yet." <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, guys, if you have any questions or anything, don't forget tomorrow Monday, eleven thirty p.m. We will be having the regular flagship show where we can discuss anything that you would like. Anything else? That is it. That is it, guys. So that being said, thank you to everyone who has hung out. And listen to us rant about this damn pay-per-view. Including all of you guys in the live chat room. King Quest, Devil's SOB, EB Gamer, T.O. Payer, Stasis Greens, Kula, Miscellany, Weekly Planet, Bloodluster, uh, King Quest, I believe I said your name, Saddest Kitty, uh, Thicker. Can't tell who's botted in here who's not. So if I miss you, I apologize. I'm trying to skip all of the chuffa. But all of you guys that are in here. As well as all of you who are listening on iTunes, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, TuneIn, Google Podcast, live listeners over on the video feed of TalkBrunch.com, Facebook, as well as Twitch, and all other places where you find popular podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 427, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dara, a.k.a. Captain Brunch. This has been your WWE TLC 2020 post-show. For myself and my co-host Destin Frazier, we're out of here. Kill it with fire. Shut it down.